Hey listeners, did you know that Yogi Triathlete offers endurance coaching for body and mind? We offer personalized training plans for endurance sports, wellness and mindset, nutrition and recovery guidance, and race preparation and strategy, all within the supportive community of Team Yogi Triathlete. So if you're ready to conquer your fitness goals and push your limits, our endurance coaches are ready to guide you on the journey to peak performance. Go to yogitriathlete.com today to set up your free 30-minute discovery call and embrace a future of strength, stamina, and achievement. Your goals, our experience, the perfect match for unstoppable success. I don't need approval from anyone. I don't need to do this for any reason. If I if I win, great. I want to win. But like if I don't, I don't think any less of myself and I don't care what people think of me. Like that's a powerful place to be that goes beyond how much can I push myself physically and see when I break. Like that's that's the place that most everyone needs to get to. But you're going to be a lot stronger when you have everything you already need. It's like this stuff's just icing on the cake. Run 100 miles. Awesome. <laughs> but uh, I don't gain worth from it. And I don't lose worth if I, if I don't do it. But there's a sense of accomplishment that comes with it. But you can really enjoy that accomplishment without having to let it be a check mark on your identity or anything like that. Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. This is episode 398 with Dr. Dave Petchkowski, and we are your hosts, Jess and BJ. In this episode, Dr. Dave is rounding out his three-peat performance on the YTP, having been the star of episode 166 back in 2019. Then alongside his incredible wife, Dr. Lindsay, in 2020 for episode 238. Both of these conversations diving deep under the surface chatter and into meaningful topics for performance and life. After following Dave's recent 100-mile journey, we were inspired to bring him back onto the show, not just because he ran 100 miles, but because of his mindset around this adventure, his training. Up until three months ago, he had never run more than five miles, and that's when he was in high school, and also because of his surprising takeaways, including his reflection that with just three months of training... Running 100 miles is not hard. Dave is the founder of Inside Out Strength. He holds a doctorate in physical therapy and several strength fitness and performance certifications. And although all of that's so impressive, it's Dave's journey to finding his own strength and health, along with his unshakable resolve that makes him the very impressive ultra runner, husband, dad, and human that so many have not just benefited from, but have come to love and deeply respect. We are honored to call Dave a friend, and we're so grateful that we're able to just ring him up, snag him so quickly after this adventure so he can share it with all of you. Dr. Dave, welcome back to the show. Um, so honored to be here. BJ Jess, love you guys. And uh, yeah, excited to share about it. I, I totally forgot. It's my three-peat on here, so I'm excited that uh, you guys keep having me back. So you're no stranger to, to challenges as uh, both Jess and I have worked with you personally when you were here in Carlsbad. And I think you've dropped notes of, you know, trying to squat 500 pounds or something and run a 5k, a fast 5k, something along those lines. And then there was this lunging challenge, which I think you did. Both things just got my eyes um, big uh, to see that you go after these big things. And now we're sitting here going after a hundred miles. And I think you actually, you and I talked years ago when you were here about, you know, going long and, 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 and running the distance, um, and what that would all look like. 
Um, and now here you are today and you've accomplished that. So <laughs> what is this, what is the seed that is planted every time you get these, these hits to do big, challenging things? Yeah, that's uh yeah, anyone you introduced me as a ultra runner, I'm like, well, I guess I can, uh, I can tack that onto the, uh, the bio now, I guess. But yeah, that, um, I've done a lot of crazy things over the, well, I guess some people say crazy. Some people say impressive. Most people say crazy, but, uh, I, I don't, yeah, I've never, yeah, I really haven't given it too much thought of what it's not, uh, you know, it's not something I'm ever, when these things come up, it's never something I'm like searching for or seeking or like, Hey, what's this, what's this next thing I can do? I just need another like challenge or, uh, you know, fitness hit or adrenaline hit or anything. It's just like these, these opportunities come up and I guess when I, you know, when it feels like it's something that can, that can push me, it's also something that I have peace around. Like those are two big, I guess, big indicators for me that it's something, you know, something worth, worth pursuing. And I think the more that I've exposed myself to stuff like that, I feel like the, you know, from the outside, I I can see why it looks crazy or extreme or those things and talking to certain family and friends, but really on the inside, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel like a insurmountable challenge. It doesn't feel like this thing that's like, oh, how am I, I'm going to have to really push myself. It's just something that once, once my mind's committed to it, I'm just like, let's, let's do it. Let's roll. And, uh, I reach out to people I respect and ask for advice and just start putting a plan together. And, you know, I, I, I've, I've kind of not gotten too, too attached to, you know, if, if I didn't finish those hundred miles running more than five miles would have been more than I ever did. By the time I was a couple months into training, I'd run by far more than I ever had in my life. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a win either way when you, when you look at it like that. When did it first kind of hit you that you wanted to do this? Uh, August. Well, let, let me, I, I didn't want to do this. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the first, the first piece to clear up. I, uh, there were a friend had reached out and it was, it was sometime in August. I don't have the exact date, but he's like, what do you think about doing a hundred miles this December? I just replied, no, I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not interested. And then, uh, so his dad, our pastor actually reached out too. And he's like, Hey, you want to come with me and do a hundred miles? Like we're, we got a group of guys doing, it. I'm like, no, I'll come support, but I, uh, I'm not interested in it. And, uh, I was, I was just walking and, um, you know, trying to walk and, and praying and just in quiet. And, and I just, and then it just like hit me. I'm like, shoot, I think I'm gonna do this race. And I texted my, I texted my buddy back and, uh, pretty much told him like, let's, let's do it. I'm in. And, uh, so I, I'd said no, in my mind, I, I had no desire to do it. I would have been, it's not like this was a bucket list item for me. I had no desire to ever run an ultra. I would have been fine if I never ran a marathon in my life, but, um, here I am hundred miles later. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just decided to do it. But, but a big thing with that was, you know, Lindsay and I recently revamped our, our family core values and relationships was on it and really did do it with some people that we, uh, you know, we love and we could train with and, you know, people we can grow closer with and, in something that's just like doing challenging things together with, with people we love is just like something we want to do more of. So really it wasn't like something, again, I, I wasn't like seeking for it, but an opportunity came up and I'm like, I'm, I think I'm fit enough. I want to prove if I can do this on a, three months of training. So here we are. So the initial reaction was like, no, not interested. I'll come mm. and support. Like, that's a great way to be into in community. But I'm interested to like, was the mind backing you up with reasons why not to do it? Like, well, I'm not built for it. I'm, you know, I haven't run this much. Like, were you getting evidence from the mind that was like going, yeah, this is, this is a good decision not to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There were several of those things. Um, 
I think, cause I, I was, you know, from a fitness standpoint, I was, I was felt like I was clicking pretty good after, you know, we, we moved across country and I felt like last year about this time I was really kind of peaking in my fitness. And then with move and a new kid and those things, I felt like I took a dip the first, you know, maybe quarter this year. And I was slowly, you know, it took me a few months to ramp back up. And, uh, so I felt like I was kind of getting back into my groove and that's, that's where a lot of the, really a lot of the doubt, fear, whatever you want to call it was around like me getting out of my comfort zone, so to speak of not like, I think this is going to be too hard for me to do, but Hey, I'm comfortable. Like I'm, I'm back in my, my box of what I know I'm strength training. My numbers are going back up. I'm looking better. I'm feeling better. Like my body feels good. And, uh, there's a lot of tension between, well, is that a reason to, to say no to this opportunity that came up that I may never get again. I may not have friends that ever want to do this hundred mile thing with, you know, that we, we want to do together. Um, so I think that, that was a lot of it. I think time away from, from family was a lot of the, was a lot of the reserve around it. I think how my body would hold up. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fine pushing through pain, but, um, I have other fitness goals too, that if, if, you know, and we never know, but there's the, if I knew this was going to mess up my knees to the point of not being able to squat in the gym for another six months or a year, would it be worth it? In my head, that was like, probably not. But then I'm like, well, is that even a lot? Like, is that a plausible thing that I'm already thinking that my body might hold up fine and I have to trust that it's, it's been, it's been prepared for this, even if it wasn't. And, uh, then I, I text people like BJ, you know, people who will, uh, you know, totally say, no, dude, don't do it. That's stupid. And I text <laughs> him and say, Hey, I'm not trained for this at all. hundred miles in three months, probably not a good idea. Right. And I don't have the exact text in front of me, BJ, you might, but, uh, you said like, if it was put on your mind to do it, you must do it. And I'm like, all right, well, that wasn't a good help for, uh, for talking about <laughs> doing this thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know we're gonna say yeah, go for it. I but know. I didn't even know that uh I didn't even know that text. Yeah, I remember ex- that was a while back too. That was I didn't um, know that happened. Yeah, and I and I, I I always say that. Uh I believe in the possibilities. And I think what you bumped up against and what most people do is like what the mind knows or has heard from others that this is how you lead up to a hundred miler. And for you to see the evidence that in this moment you have three months to prepare yourself, all the things would probably flood in. And this is probably instantaneous, most often in the mind that says, no, you, you need a proper ramp up. Like, what are you thinking? You, you need to take care of yourself. You got a family, like you love weight, lifting weights and to take six months out from the gym. And it's all this like back and forth. But in an instant, if you tap into like, I got it, I got to pursue this and explore it for myself. Cause I, I, and I, I think like you, believe that we're not always, or I'm not always defined by what's normal or in the box, you Mm -hmm. could say. Uh, I think that myself, I think I have limitless potential and I think you believe that as well. And I know Jess and Lindsay probably do, and that's why we're connected. But we do get hung up and tripped up sometimes in that that stigma that things need to be done a certain way and we need to fall back on that in order to be successful or what success is. but you also touched upon detachment, um, pursuing this without having your kung fu grip on how it actually has to um, come out in the end. Yeah, and I, I can expand on that because I think uh, it, it was def- it was definitely tested because you know it's one thing to say that it's another thing to actually do that, and I, I think it's easy for me to sit here and say like, oh, I was. 
you know, whatever happened, it was a win. And I do think that deep down, but that doesn't mean I didn't want to go and, and crush this hundred mile race and, you know, do, do it well. And, and so, um, you know, I, I had people, the, the people that originally signed up were coming out from different places. Some people were training a lot more diligently. Some people were like, even on the other extreme of like, oh, I'll just show up and, and do it. I'm like, that's a terrible idea, but go for it if you want. Um, but the, uh, so the, the race we signed up for the, the Brazos Ben 100 got canceled the Monday before the Monday before the event. So I didn't end up doing that, that race that, that was the one we signed up for the one in Houston and weather the Monday before said, Hey, this thing is, is canceled. And that, that really, I was, I was upset. I was hurt. I was frustrated. I'd, I'd, what I, what I said is, you know, then, then these thoughts started coming of like, I'm, I wasted all this time. I'm further from what I want in the gym. I'm not going to end up getting to do this race. I don't want to wait another, you know, they pushed it back to January or something. We already had all of our trip set for this. I was peaking for this. I was tapering for it and for it to get canceled. And, uh, thankfully I've, I have friends that also thought the same thing. So we just, uh, my, uh, a friend of ours, Steve Weatherford out in, uh, Dallas, and, you know, I, I texted him when it happened cause I, I knew he was thinking the same thing. He had, he was bringing, you know, 50 or hundred people to this event. Like he, he brought a real crew to come, come together. And, um, and he got text back. He said, it's going down in Frisco this weekend still. So, um, so we drove out to Dallas and that's where, you know, it's supposed to be this 17 mile trail loop that you do six times or whatever at, at this state park. And we ran a hundred miles on pavement a mile loop around a church in Texas that we did a hundred times. Um, and that's, that's how my ultra race went down. So talk about a mental, there was, there was a 24 hour or so period in there where I was, I was upset and I, and a lot of things. And, and the people that I signed up with the people locally here, you know, for, for good, some good reasons, some, some other reasons, like people didn't up getting to go out there for it. So I, we just, we went out to Texas and, you know, we were like, Hey, we're planning on going to Houston anyways. We'll just detour to Dallas a little bit and we'll get this thing done this week. And I'm ready to do it. I'm, I'm mentally ready. I, I don't want to put it off. So, um, we ran a hundred miles around a church in, uh, in Frisco, Texas. This is starting to become a theme on the podcast. We just, um, we just launched a, a podcast with Harita Davies, who did the 3,100 mile self-transcendence race in Jamaica, Queens, New York. And it's on a half mile block from August 30th to October 20th. And it's very much based in, um, she follows this, um, Indian spiritual leader. And so, you know, it's about being connected to a higher power, higher source. And it sounds like your community that you were doing this with, same thing, connected to something higher, um, Mm -hmm. which I believe, and I think you may agree, is actually what is what our source is for the energy, what our source is for our resolve, what our source is to be able to get that awareness to switch from problem energy, which is the race is canceled and my ego is complaining about it, to, okay, what can we make happen? And uh, letting go of how it all looked. Yeah, it's a, I'm I'm in complete agreement with with you guys on that because it's, you know, the, the initial the initial gut reaction is all, you know, switches to selfishness and like, well, I was ready for this and this is, this messes with my plans and this and that. And then, you know, as soon as you switch to, okay, guy, what are you doing in this? Like you say, you work all things together for good. Uh, like you say, you say everything has a purpose and then it has a switch to, all right, well, we're supposed to be 
in Dallas running this around a, a church and a uh, you know on pavement as much as that sounds even more miserable to what I already signed up for, uh, and it ended up being such a you know I, you, we don't know how the other experience would have been, but I just you know we choose to believe that it worked out better. I got to see my wife and my kids every single lap and that has its challenges and its benefits. But when you're running around and they're right on the the loop helping with being my mini aid station and, and pit crew, it's, you know, they were, they brought a lot of smiles to people around the race and definitely to, to myself and getting to see them every, every rest break. And I got to run, walk 10 of those miles with, with my wife, Lindsay, and that, that, that stuff wouldn't have happened at, at the other, you know, at the other event among, among probably many, many other things. And you start looking at, you start stacking together other things. One of the, uh, one of the guys I was supposed to run with, he had some Achilles pain that we were working through. And when the race got canceled, he couldn't, he couldn't make it out for that one. And one got his ankle looked at and he had a partially ruptured Achilles that the doc said probably would have for sure ruptured if he, if he tried running the race. Um, you know, other things like that just coming up that just, protection things for some, uh, different experiences for me to be able to do with my family for, for myself. And, you know, there's, there's just things that always come from that. And, and I, I know it'll continue to come from it too. It's like the journey from this hundred miler isn't just like done and finished. I know there's going to continue to be things that you know God reveals to me that years down the road and connections I make from it that wouldn't have happened if, if it didn't work out this way. Yeah. And you don't know, like the, the beautiful thing about this podcast, like we don't know who is being touched by this. We don't know whose resolve is being strengthened by this. And I love that unknown, like the trickle effect, you know, a little bit of it, you know, people are, Oh, great podcast. Keep going. But Mm -hmm. it's, you don't know the, um, the effect of somebody listening to this and then how they interact with somebody, you know, at the grocery store later on today after they listen, like you just, we just don't know. And so there's got to be a lot of trust in, um, in following what feels good and what feels good is week after week showing up and us doing this podcast. What felt good was getting that inspiration to get you on and here you are. And so it's like, we've, we've got to trust, although we, we don't know all the details that everything is for a purpose. And I think the further that we get away from things, like when we get out of the storm, the storm of a hundred miles and the storm of, you know, the aftermath of your body recovering and all of that, more clarity comes in those clearings. Uh, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's just beautiful, but we'll never know the whole story. We'll never know the reach. We'll never know the effect. Um, either way, positive or negative, we just, so you just got to show up for, for what you're being called to and, um, and, and do it as best you can. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. And, and the BJ's text of like, if, if you feel like, and I don't remember exactly your phrase, it's so a paraphrase, paraphrasing. If you feel like you've been called to do it, you must, that's a, this, this hundred mile race is just the, you know, the, the mode in this case, it's not that everyone needs to go and do ultra running or triathlons or Ironman is that's, that's the mode for you guys. And among, among other things, but, um, you know, we have our, our platforms that we have, but what it's really the, the reach that's cool to see. And, uh, and a lot of times that we don't see is, is how that affects, um, just integrity and honoring your word in general and, and keeping commitments to yourself and those things. I, I had someone reach out on Instagram that was pretty much like, Hey, I've been slacking my relationship with God. I've been, you know, complacent in these other areas and seeing you just do what you say you're going to do was inspiring and he's not going to go run. He's not, that doesn't mean he's going to go sign up for a hundred miler to, to achieve that, but it's just a, a way to show people what's possible. It's a way to show that it doesn't matter if you're doing a hundred miler, that that might not be the thing for you. And that's probably not the thing for, for a lot of people 
maybe outside the box of who's listening to this podcast. I know you guys attract some, uh, some people who are more than willing to, uh, to do that and do that again and, and push their limits. But you know, for the everyday, everyday listener, it may not be that you need to go run, run hundred miles. That's what it was for me. But, um, it may be how you're showing up in your day to day, how you're showing up in your, your marriage or your family or, uh, at work or these different things that like you suggest at the grocery store, there's, you know, there's a lot smaller starts that can come from, um, you know, that, that can lead to, um, transformation that, that doesn't have to be this, this wild thing. That just happens to be something that I guess God continues to put me through is wild things, but I don't, uh, I don't sit here and pretend to say that everyone should do that. A lot of, a lot of people I've talked to have no desire to do that, but that doesn't mean that it can't inspire in some different way to, um, you know, to, to transform in those areas. What's your, what's your relationship with letting your yes be yes for you personally? Yeah, for me, it's, I mean, honor, honor and integrity are, are core values of ours. I think, uh, you know, when I, the weight of my word is, is very important. I think, uh, letting my yes be yes and my no be no's, like, I think are, are important things. Um, I think, uh, I've never, it's only been over the past couple of years that I've really realized how important it was. It's always been something that I've just done. And I, I think I've taken for granted how, I don't say how rare of a quality it is, but unfortunately it is, it is becoming, becoming rare in, in, in some cases. And I think, uh, it's interesting you bring that up because I had the, the one, my friend Steve Weatherford running the race and those, like there were comments that came up repeatedly with the people that I saw of like ab- about that, of, of keeping my word and, and doing something and the people that were cheering on from afar and, and sending prayers and, and texts and those things, the, the feedback over and over again was, Hey, like, good luck. But I know, like, I know you're going to do this because that's just, that's just who you are. And that's, that, that's, that's, those are cool things to hear. And that's, that's not why you know, I, I wrote something after uh, some takeaways from it. And that's not the reason that you're doing it, but it doesn't mean it's not, it's not cool to hear when it kind of confirms some things that are, you know, highly, highly valued by, by myself and our family and, and those things to, um, to have that impact and for people, people to see it. Well, it's a, it's a brand, it's a, you're branding your, not that you're marketing yourself, but you're, you're creating a brand for yourself. So, so what do you want people like, well, what do you, first do you believe in yourself? And then what do you want that story to be? Um, and somebody wise took me in the office a few years ago when I was in the corporate world and said, you know, what is your brand? Do you want to be the person who's staying late and doing work and making sure everybody else's job is being done? Or do you want to be the person who leads by example and gets in, gets the work done and then leaves? Um, and so it really got me thinking about my brand and not to take it into that marketing perspective, although Nike has a beautiful brand and just do it, which is nullifying all excuses and noise up there. But, um, that's, it's a representation of who you are when people are now on board as well and says, Dave, Dave's got it. Like he's, his word is word. And then that actually strengthens your commitment even more to yourself. Not that it is weakened, but we can always find a little bit more strength and and solidness in, in who we are as, as people and getting that feedback outside, constantly pushing us, moving us forward. Mm Mm-hmm. And when, and when friends initially reached out, that's why the no was the initial answer because I, I, I used to be able to be like, yeah, let's do it. And then you actually start, you know, the Bible talks about count the cost of anything that you're doing and make sure like you have the, 
capacity, the space, the things to be able to do it. And I would say that. And then all of a sudden I'd find myself in this, this place where usually Lindsay and my family would, would take, would maybe be the ones that would have to sacrifice because, Oh, I said yes to a friend to do this like cool thing. And now I realize that it's going to take an extra five, 10, 15 hours a week on top of what I already have. Like, sorry, babe, I said I was going to do this. And like, and, and that's, that's where, that's where I think I've definitely changed recently in terms of really, really weighing out and being, being slow to say yes to on something, not just because cause a lot of things excite me and there's things in work and business and life and fitness and those things. And if I said yes to everything, I'd be, I'd be drowning in, uh, mediocrity in terms of like things I could actually get done and, and the people that matter most. I, I think that's such a great discernment. It's not about, yeah, it was placed on your heart. And that sounds so romantic, right? Like it was placed on my heart and yes, I'm doing it. But it's similar to you. Like when I'm going to sign up for a race or I'm going to commit to something, like right now I'm in a bike camp and, um, you know, just at home and BJ, BJ's, you know, it's like intense bike. Everything else takes a second, you know, second seat to biking. And whenever I make a decision like that, I, I do step back. I take a walk. I, you know, let it kind of filter through over the course of a couple of days. And then when I'm ready to make that decision, it's like, okay, on those days where you really feel like swimming and you're going to need to do a bike, like, are you in on this? Are you all in with what this decision is? Is this yes going to be a yes? And it's like, okay, I'm in. You know, whenever I sign up for a race, it's like, okay, there's going to be times where it sounds really exciting now because five of your friends just signed up, but does it really work with the travel that you've got, with the retreats that you're holding? Like, are you really good? Is it going to be like a strong yes? Are you going to have your resolve? And then once you make that commitment, those mornings or when things come up, it's like, that's when that resolve really shows up. Not, not the fleeting inspiration of like, oh, everybody just signed up. I'm going to say, I'm going to pull the trigger too. And then not show up for the work. But in those times where everything says like, ah, just blow it off. It's like that resolve shows up for you and goes, Hey, remember me? Mm -hmm. Like I'm the one that's going to be right here. Steady Eddie the whole way. Like, let's go. You know, it's, this is this, everything takes a second seat to this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love that. It's not just about jumping all the time. You have to live in the world, um, feet on the ground and then from there, dream big and live big and do amazing things. And that I think that's where you really get um, these epic adventures and experiences in your life, whether it's a 5K, 100 miles, 240 miles, whatever it is, 3,100 miles, whatever it is relevant to you. But like when you've, you feel your feet on the ground, you've got that steadiness, not stubbornness, but like that steadfastness. Yeah, like that, that I think is when anything is possible. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And one thing I want to add, I don't want to, if you're going somewhere else that I don't want to derail the conversation too much, but I think with that too, defining what your win is in terms of what that is. And I think for the hundred miler, that was something that, you know, th- there's different ways that, that all in can, can look. And I think that's, I think it's important for someone who's weighing out a decision like this because a hundred miler for me, the win was to finish this thing, to not sacrifice too much of my strength to continue to keep as much strength as I can. But the main goal was to finish it under cap and have my body survive the best it can pretty much. But uh, if you don't define that, like I'm, I had to be careful because there's been times where all in would have been, Hey, I'm going to try and run this the fastest. I'm going to try and, um, 
I'm going to try and set the best, like what's, what's the best time someone like me can set in this. And I'm going to go try and do that. I'm going to throw away, not throw, I'm going to set aside any of my strength training right now, or, or at least greatly drop back in that, you know, family time might get compromised a little bit. And, and those were all things that I didn't want to, uh, to do it. So I, I did all that three months, only three weeks, three days a week of, uh, of running was all I, I did. There was two morning runs I did a week for about an hour to you know 70 minutes, depending on the day. And I did one long weekend run and I would get up at three 30 to do it. Cause I didn't, my kids get up at, well, now sometimes they get up at five. They're these early birds. They keep a, my daughter keeps getting up early and earlier, but you know, it, it was too important to me to not miss those times. So the wins I had were, was not just, Hey, how do I go all in, in terms of getting the best time? But, you know, for me, there were some different parameters and guardrails on it that, that, uh, made it possible because if it was a matter of, Hey, how do I set the best time to show how great of a runner I am? it would be for the wrong reasons for one and, and two, it would, it would probably come at a sacrifice for a lot of other things that are much more important to me long-term at least. So those three runs, let's just dive into this a little bit. The three runs that you had, one, where did the, where did that structure come from? And it could be maybe just simply as that's the time that you had available and what were any intensity or any intervals or was it just all easy pace? And if it shifted in that three month period, what did that look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I knew I wanted to keep three days of strength because I, I didn't want to set myself too far back. So the strength actually kind of came first. And then I said, okay, I have, I have three other days. I want to still give myself one day to rest. And so the structure just came from, Hey, I know I'm not going to prepare for this perfectly. So I'm just going to lay out a plan and follow it the best I can and be confident going into it that I, I know I, I did what I could, but so the two mornings a week, um, you know, before I started the work day, I would just get up early and, and run for, 60 to 70 minutes time on feet zone two, uh, kept everything zone two heart rate pretty much, pretty much throughout. I didn't do a lot of interval stuff because, um, like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't super concerned about speed or time. I was, I was just, how do I total as much time on my feet and get used to a low enough heart rate so that I don't, uh, that I don't bonk out too far into the, into the race and get my, my body used to, um, you know, filtering out any, any lactate and, and getting, getting myself as, as, used to, I can as a new style of training because my, my normal training is all short, high intensity, high weight, um, sprint effort type stuff. And I would do my running was when, when we were, when you were helping me out with it, beach was like how to sub 25 K was the pace I was, I was trying to go for. And I, I ended up hitting like right around 21 for it. Um, with the other lifting goals I was trying for too, but it's all been like very fast, hard, hard effort. So this was a totally different style of training of, I felt like I was going so incredibly slow. I'm like, who runs like this? I feel like I'm not doing anything. This is the slowest pace I could walk. I could walk this pace sometimes, but, um, so that, that was just hard for me. And, and, uh, I, I, I know the importance of, of why, why I had to do that. But at the time I'm like, this is so boring. Why am I, I'm just like, my heart rate's so low right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think uh, I'd like to preface your training uh, with the fact that I don't think for everyone they would be able to do a hundred. Well, I shouldn't say that. We've been saying every, anything is possible, right? So anything is possible. However, ideally, you're not running three days a week for a hundred mile race when you haven't even run over five miles since high school. But the thing that you have is you have this massive foundation of strength. Which, um, how did that play into your success? Yeah, I'll, I'll die on that hill of the importance of strength training. That's, uh, and that's something I've seen, uh, time and time again. And that, that was, that was part of the fun of the, you know, and I, 
I had to check myself because there was, there was definitely some pride and ego with like, Hey, I want to show all these runners that I can just come from strength training and like show up and do this thing. And, uh, it was coming from the wrong place, but you know, it, it did, it did confirm a lot of things that like, Hey, I, I think this is really important to, and, and not, not strength, like strength training, like heavy resistance training, not, not, to. I know there's a lot of like, you know, there's body weight stuff to do, but like a solid base of strength. And there were people at this race and I'm sure part of it being on pavement and, and different things, but there were people that I got a lot of eye rolls and laughs when they asked, Oh, what's the longest distance you've done? I'm like, Oh, 5k. Like, what about you? And they're, <laughs> you know, these people are, uh, you know, they, they've run 50 K's and some people even hundred K's and they're trying this. And a lot of people's bodies were, were pretty, pretty wrecked by, by the end of it. And I think just like knees and backs and those things. And, and I'm not my, my knees were sore. My, my back was definitely sore with it, but I definitely think the ability to have a base of strength definitely buffered some of the forces through the joints and things that, uh, even people with much more running experience than me were hurting a lot more. And there's, there's way too many factors to, to sit here and say causation of like, Hey, strength training did that for me. I think there's, you know, a, th- that would be way too elementary to, to sit here and, and claim that, but it's hard to say that it didn't have some kind of effect with how well my body held up leading into it. And, and after for how I, I thought it'd be a lot, a lot more sore and, and hurting than I was, overall. So I, I, I think it definitely contributes very, very highly to that and, uh, is a tool, probably more endurance runners should have in their back pocket. I know you guys are, are believers in that, in that now after you know, some of the things we've done together, but I think it's a uh, very, very underutilized for, for the endurance athlete. Mm. Well, well, let's, as, as you're talking about that and you just, you touched on it just a bit, strength training versus mobility versus, you know, uh, calisthenics, like you're talking more strength training as in getting in the gym, doing heavy weight, low reps, and correct me if I'm wrong mm-hmm. versus, you know, doing something for six days a week, just for like 10 or 15 minutes, push ups, sit ups. This takes a different form, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I, I guess I'll clear it up best I can. They, the, the difference between, you know, some people, some people consider strength training, like, Oh, I did some I did some lunges and, uh, you know, some, some single leg deadlifts and some band walks. And that's, that's good general, like prehab strength. Like you're getting some hip strengthening with that, but that wasn't at least recent. I haven't been doing any of that. Like I've been only in the gym three days a week, even for the last 18 months. So it's not like I have this big endurance base or I don't even have this big fitness base compared to maybe what I've done in the past, but at three days a week of about 45 minutes, heavy resistance training, four, like four lifts, usually most days, three days a week, four lifts. And that's given me enough of a base to go in and in three months time, ramp up, ramp up to hundred miles. So that's at least what I followed. I've, you know, people that are following similar things are doing some, like, I, I think it gives you more capacity to just go out and, and do stuff a little bit, um, you know, from a strength side of things. And if you can do that in addition to, if I had, if I had more time in my schedule right now as a, as a dad of two, almost under two. It's, it's like, I I just don't want to be spending a lot of time overall with, with fitness. So that's where I've kind of adopted that, that approach, but it's a, yeah, it's, it's heavy. It's, it's low, not super high volume. It's, it's pretty high intensity though. Um, you know, you're, you're getting pretty close to the, uh, this sucks by the last rep of, of stuff. It, 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 it still hurts, but it's, it's a, um, you know, high load, high intensity and relatively low, low volume. 
Yeah, I, I'm glad. Thank you for for sharing that. I think I think that is um, critical as people listen to this and they're like, "Well, I want to I want to see what's possible for me." Um, but also, you have a background and a, you have a life experience of working with the body and getting strong and strength. And I also think that plays a little bit in your mind as you enter something that after three months of training that says, I've got, I've got some cred here in the body game. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm aware of my body and it's pretty, it's going to show up for me and it has showed up for me before. And so this is why, you know, someone listening to this is like, well, I'm going to go run a hundred miles. I'm going to start doing heavy strength training for three months and, and see what happens. There's, there's a, a, a long game to this as well <coughs> and a buildup that happens a lifelong buildup, but what that does afford, and you just pinpoint to this is like, you can jump into different things whenever you want. You could probably jump into a 5k this weekend if you wanted to and crush that as well. Complete opposite realm of the spectrum in endurance sports, but it's all because your body, you, you, you show up for your body every day. You make commitment to it six out of seven days, even that seventh day, the rest day, I would say is probably the most valuable day. Mm-hmm. Um, um, to give you the ability to adapt to the stress that you put on it. So yeah, I, I think you're just showing, go test it, go see if it's possible for you with some knowledge about the body and lifting and running, go see if it's possible, like go experience it. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what you did. Yeah. And maybe people hear three months of training for it. And it's like, well, three months on top of 19 years of like the past, like very heavily training in athletics and those things. So that's, that's the caveat with it too, where I think, you know, some people not comparing where they're at for me. And also I'm, I'm 33 years old. So there's things that maybe my body can have a shorter ramp up time than someone who's 66, potentially based on, on what they've done. But, um, if someone's like, Hey, I'm on a totally new fitness journey. I just started running a year ago. What, I don't want to discount what's possible, but what's maybe appropriate for you might be, you might be at a different point where I well over half my life now has been like pretty intense physical training and preparation. It may not have looked like a hundred miles, but I've definitely put my body through, through a lot of things. And like you're saying, BJ, I've, I've tested it and it's a, it's, it's proven it can hold. And until, until I hear otherwise, I, I I'm, I'm comfortable to, uh, not that I want to regularly be doing stuff like this, but I'm, I'm comfortable to try it if I feel like I need to. One thing our meditation teacher has taught us, you know, on, on this path of, you know, raising our consciousness and our vibration is like, you can't skip any rungs on the ladder. And so, yes, anything is possible, but if you're going from zero, don't expect to jump to level nine and, and, and have a solid foundation. Like you need to earn the right. That's something that BJ uses a lot with his athletes. It's like, yeah, you want like, they'll be like, Oh, I want that, you know, sexy run that that other person did. And it's like, well, you you have to earn the right to Mm -hmm. do that run or, you know, you don't have the foundation, you haven't earned it yet and you can't skip any rungs. So it's like, yeah, it's relative to the person and what their background is. Like, it doesn't take me much to do a half Ironman because I've been doing this for now almost two decades. Like, it's, I can hop on the bike and I did a three hour ride the other day on the trainer. I haven't done a three hour ride on the trainer in a very long time. And it's just like, it's just right there. The body's like, oh, yeah, we know, we know what we're doing. Yeah, we got this. And I was fine. Yeah. It's not like I was wrecked from that. Um, hey, I want to talk about nutrition because that's something. Now you're you're asking your body to digest uh, 100 miles worth of food, 26 hours, which by the way, I, I read that you beat your goal time of like three plus hours. Um, mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. We like that. Um, 
And, uh, and there's nothing wrong with liking that. There's not, there's nothing wrong with that little competitive edge. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's a part of us, right? It's like embracing that part of us and, 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 the, but it's not just who we are. Uh, so yeah, now you're going to ask your digestive system, which is all about rest, you know, parasympathetic function to digest food over the course of 26 hours. Uh, how did you prepare for that? Uh, did you do any like gut training with that? And what did it look like? I, I, yeah, I had to do gut training. Honestly, gut stuff was one of my bigger concerns going into the race, even yeah. more so. I, I had some right knee stuff flare up, but nothing that, nothing like new to me in terms of like, oh, this is, this is bad or anything that I, I'm really concerned about. But honestly, gut stuff, because I did my long, we did a, a few of us did a, a 30 mile, that was the longest I worked up to in training was like a 30 mile, um, run. It was, it was a lot of, th- the race was going to be flat, but it was a lot of incline, just like where we could find a good loop and, um, you know, somewhere different to do it, but 30 miles was, and I had a spot probably during that training run, I, I figured if it was like 10, between 10 and 15 miles in, I had like, like sharp gut, gut pain, like in terms of something, something I was feeling with didn't, didn't do good. And something actually kind of like brought me into a catcher squad of like keeled over a little bit of like, this isn't good. And Lindsay was massaging my gut at 20 miles to like try and get things moving. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get anything out. Like no gas was coming out, no bathroom was coming out. So I'm like, this is just intense pain. So that was my, on my long run. I was like, I don't know how this is going to be for actual race day. Cause if that was 30 miles, um, I, I was, I was honestly most concerned about that. And, uh, so that was something I had to train because typically eating for me is I'm, I, I, I tend to be more like intermittent fasting. I'm, I'm not a big breakfast person. I'll, I'll eat, you know, smaller meal at lunch. I'll have, I'll have a bigger dinner where we tend to be, um, I don't like to put labels on it, but for people that quickly identify like paleo ish, you know, that that's a probably the closest where we eat, we eat a lot of whole foods and those things. And I knew, I knew whole foods wasn't going to cut it the whole time in terms of, um, like just eating rice and potatoes for, for a hundred miles. And I did that, I did that for a bit and I did that on a lot of training runs because that's just what I know my gut tends to feel good with. But, uh, there's definitely a lot of training of just with how many calories I was burning too. I had to start eating breakfast. I had to bump my carbs way up. I wasn't doing any tracking, but I probably went from, if I had to estimate eating, you know, 2,100 calories a day on average to maybe close to double that on like definitely 3,500, 4,000 calories in terms of average over the course of the week. So it was, it was significantly more on my gut. And then of course a week up to race day, my, like I just was having a lot of gut problems and I reached out to, a uh, our naturopathic doc that we worked, uh, he's out in, um, Carlsbad, California as well, but, uh, Dr. Derek and was like, Hey dude, like I want to get my gut right next year, but like right now I need this right. Like right now. So can you, uh, can you give me some stuff to do to, to help with this? And, and he sent me over, we talked about, it. he's like, yeah, I think you just have like some, um, like, uh, leaky gut, irritable, irritable bowel type stuff of, um, just with like how many carbs I was taking in. And even the supplements I was using was like quote, clean supplements of, uh, like cassava flour, like, a like a starchy, like mm-hmm. cassava flour, like sweet potato flour type things. But my gut just wasn't used to that many, carbs specifically. I'm not, I'm not normally super, super high carb. Um, but I knew I was going to have to be for it. So he gave me some things to do, got, got in line for it and was great for it. So I'm grateful for him to, uh, to be knowledgeable to help me out with that. But that was, uh, it, it was interesting that it was, it was a total shift for fuel. I'm used to running on from, uh, timing of eating to eating while running at getting up at three 30 and eating breakfast felt like, 
uh, it was like terrible. I'm like, what, what is my, my body's like, what are you doing? Putting all this food down and <laughs> into your body. But I was just trying to get used to having food in my stomach for running. Cause even my, if I'm trying for a max 5k, I'm probably doing that fasted. If I'm, when I'm training in the morning, I do almost all my training fasted. I'm just, I'm used to running on empty and that sounds terrible for some people, but that's just what I've done for at least the past 10, 15 years, probably. And it's just what feels, feels good for me. So it was definitely a, a major 180 in terms of what I was used to. Wow. And how did it work on race day? Worked good. Yeah. I tried, uh, I tried keeping, you know, right. Like I, I, I kept it more like rice, potatoes, some honey, some fruit for the, as long as I, as long as I could before I got into more, uh, junk food that I just was craving and, and feeling, but I kept that probably for like the first 20 miles. Then I, I used a lot of like PB and J and potato chips. I, I, I drank, I had a couple of sips of Dr. Pepper in the middle of the night, which I haven't had soda in like, I don't know, <laughs> 10, 15 years. I'm like, this is such a, a dopamine hit in so many ways that uh, is needed at this time of like sugar and a little bit of caffeine and childhood nostalgia. So uh, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it, was it was, it was fun to play around with some of that and just like do, do some different stuff for it. I, I hadn't tested a lot of it, but again, at, at that point I was, I was comfortable enough that I'm, I'd. I knew I, I just knew I was going to be fine at that at that point once I once I got rolling with it and was feeling good. Yeah, nice. Um, let's touch upon your takeaways. Um, let's start with the first one, which um, is you're not you're less healthy because of this. Uh, that was one of your takeaways. Can you expand on that? <laughs> yeah, these uh, these probably pushing buttons to some people, but they were uh, they they were my honest and, and fun fun takeaways that when I I sat down to journal after and. It, it wasn't the things I, I, I was you know expecting would, would come up from it. And, and we can circle back on that at the end if, if we have time. But um, yeah, I think overall, I, I, I don't feel more healthy from running a hundred miles. And I think that gets back to why are you doing it or, you know, why, why are you doing any of your training in general, whether that be a, a set race or, Hey, I'm supposed to do more cardio. So I'm going to go run three days a week. In addition to what I'm doing may not, may not be getting you closer to what you actually want to be doing. And I say that based on the metrics that are most important to me. Uh, now, I guess caveat that I didn't track a lot of things for me. Like I didn't do blood work testing. I didn't do, uh, you know, overall cardiovascular health markers or anything like that. So I, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, on, on all levels, I'm less healthy, but in terms of the markers that are important to me, like one being just how my energy is and how my joints feel, how my digestion is, those were net negatives overall. Um, body composition actually, I think got worse. I think strength training is one of the best ways to improve body composition. It's a lot easier to be in a slight calorie deficit, which if you're trying to lean up and lose weight is essential for that. Um, my strength went, my overall strength went down. I, I hung on to it pretty well. Uh, I was still, I think two or three weeks before the race, I have to look exactly where it was. I, I hit 355 for a set of five on squat. So like happy that I was able to hang on to a lot of that. That's not, not lightweight by any means, but you know, less than, less than what I was doing leading up to it. Um, so that, that's, that's where that comment came from is overall, according to the things that are most important to me right now, and in, in terms of how I was feeling on about three hour, two and a half to three hours a week of training compared to what took me 10, 12, 15 hours a week of training, I'd say that was a net net negative in terms of overall health for, you know, bang for the buck stuff, which is is just important for me in the season with our family and those things too, to uh to have that um 
So that's, that's where I was getting at with that, even though, uh, you know, some people might, might think otherwise. What was your biggest surprise takeaway? Like you thought going into this X would happen and you came out of it with this. To be honest, it was, and I wrote about this in the takeaways. It was, it was, it was probably that it will, I, I, I pause because I, I don't want to like your tip. It, it wasn't that hard to be honest. Like it, it, it really wasn't the hundred mile race was not that hard when now, now what I explain with that, when I, when I compare it to showing up for Lindsay every day and not being selfish, when I compare it to raising two kids in this world right now, when I compare it to, um, just being a good husband, father, friend, son showing up at work, like there, there's other things that I think are a lot harder where I think there's a, um, and, and not, not gearing this towards men, but there's definitely a you know masculinity thing to like David Goggins and things of like, well, just go out and like do it and, and, you know, just push through it. And like pain is pain is nothing, this and that. And I think, I think that gives a, a sense of being, of being macho, but I don't think, you know, during the hundred mile race, um, it was just a re- realization I had during an effort. I was like, this, this isn't nearly as hard as a lot of things that life, life calls us to. And, and fitness in general, I don't think is, you know, I, I love it and I love challenging myself and I love doing those things and sure I can go push it harder and push it more, but none of those things are going to give me the, you know, the, the thing I'm, I'm looking for anyways. It's not like I'm, I'm trying to prove anything. And I, I, I journal about this. I didn't share it on the article, but I'm, I share it with Lindsay and I'll share it here is I, I realized after the fact with all the texts that were coming in about the, you know, the attaboys and so proud of you and the knew you were going to do it. And those things, those were things that previously would have really, I would have, I would have fed off of and like been looking for that affirmation from outside people and things and family and friends and like all these people I respect and love, like really think I'm awesome. And, and it just like those comments landed, landed empty. And I was journaling about it and I said that there wasn't, there wasn't anything I needed to get from this race. And I think that's why I ran so much of it with, with just peace and joy. And I was present and it, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't this like crazy mountaintop experience that I thought it was going to be. But I said, the race was just a reflection of what was already inside of me. And that's why I felt like it was just something that was, was easy, not in terms of there wasn't any physical struggles or there weren't any mental struggles or parts where I was like, this sucks. I don't want to run another loop around this church in a parking lot. There, there was, there was definitely some of that, but it was far less, it was far less than I thought. And, um, when I say it's comparing it to other parts of life, it, it just, it just wasn't that hard. And it, it wasn't the, the, the surprising piece as well was just like, I, I thought there was going to be a moment where I was like needing to push through this breakthrough moment that you think would come from something like this, where it's like, Oh, this mile I went to, and I didn't think I could go anymore. And like Lindsay encouraged me. And I reached out to God and he answered me and he gave me this like strength that I knew could only come from outside of me and, you know, spoke to me in this way. And like, there was just none of that. It was just like, I ran another lap and another lap and another <laughs> lap. And like, eventually I was done. I was like, that's cool. Like I, I did this, but there wasn't, there wasn't this, this monumental experience that I think going into it, maybe I expected of like, God's going to speak to me in some unique way. And there's going to be a time where I can't draw my own strength anymore. And I'm gonna have to get it from outside of it. And there, and there just wasn't that. And I realized after the fact, I'm like, that's, that's not what I needed from this race. I didn't, I didn't need some proof of, of, you know, worth or anything like that. And I think that was a, a very cool takeaway in, in hindsight that I, I wouldn't say I was expecting or looking for, but I, I 
maybe assume that that would that would happen at some point where I would get to the the end of my rope and I would I would need to draw on something else and I just I didn't it just I kept going and I was done and I was thankful to be done. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you've got some more takeaways. And so if people want those takeaways, which uh, I highly recommend reading this article, we'll put a link in the show notes to it on the blog. But I want to touch upon something in this last part of our interview. You had talked about like there was nothing out. I didn't need anything outside of me, right? But there was a time and you write about this uh, really when you're introducing yourself on your website about how there was a time where you were looking outside of yourself uh, programs and then when they didn't work and you didn't find what you were looking for, you would blame the program and then you would start another program. And then eventually there was this realization that you were like, there's no new program that's going to change me. Like I have to change me. Yeah. And that's uh, how often we look for external things to, to do that. You know, for me, that's been fitness for so long for that can be money and things and other pursuits and work and career and net worth and family, like there's, there's plenty of good things that we can use for, you know, for, I don't say for negative purposes, but if it's, if it's for validation, if it's for pride, if it's for those things, it's not going to work. And I think a big thing I didn't realize till after I dropped my frequency of training way down is how much I used without even knowing it, a lack of awareness around it was how much I use fitness as an escape, as an escape from the things that I needed to be doing. Cause no one's going to argue if I'm going to the gym six days a week for an hour and a half at a time, it's going to be hard to argue like, Hey, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be trying to improve your body and you're trying to get healthy. Like it's an, it's an easier escape. Sure. If you're, you know, if you're drinking alcohol or escaping into, into drugs or, you know, doing, doing things like that, it's, it's a little easier for someone to call you out, but it's, it's harder for someone to check you when it's like a, a healthy thing. And that's why, you know, that's why work, that's why work in business is, is a slippery slope because, Hey, I'm trying, I'm trying to provide for our family. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a good provider. I'm, I'm looking after our kids and our future as, as guys slip away and escape to 60, 80 hour work weeks. And they're, they're present in the home, but their kids don't, don't really know them or they're not there for those things. And I think it can happen in so many ways. And I think that's where, um, I, I, I touch on this and what I was writing about, like endurance. And I, I, I use endurance events because that's what I was just a part of. But like fitness in general, endurance events can be a, a sneaky way to to escape. Just because you set this goal, maybe it's six months out, twelve months out, and it requires twenty hours a week at some point of of your training. And if you're doing those, if you have a family and you're doing those in the middle of the day, you're like, hey, honey, I got to go run for four hours, like good luck with the kids. I know the weekend's the only time I'm home, but I'm going to go do this. Like, I, I, I think it's just, um, it, it can be a slippery slope of, of escapism and, um, pride and ego are definitely some of those things. I want people to approve of me. I want to, I want to look good. So people, you know, think this, think this certain thing of me and the, it, it took a lot of inner work to get, get rid of those things that are ingrained, ingrained deep. And, um, there, there's a lot that goes into that from, from childhood and growing up and, and those things. And, um, it's, a you know, it's something that without awareness around it, without being willing to do the hard work, the work that's a lot harder than running a hundred miles is, is doing stuff like that, that, um, you know, eventually moves you closer to the outcome you want that you think you're going to get from accomplishing this race. The, the things you think you're going to get from hearing these words of, of approval or, or praise. Um, it's, it's only the inner work that's going to eventually, eventually do some of that. And, um, you know, there's lots of, lots of different ways to, to get at that. But, you know, for us, it was, it was a radical vulnerability with God and realizing that 
I needed Jesus to work in my heart and like clean up some mess that I had that I didn't realize I had and those things. And, you know, there's, there's different ways people can get to it, but it's a, it's something that you're always going to look for that next thing. If you don't, if you don't do the, the uncomfortable work that isn't, isn't flashy and isn't fun and is, is real though. And, and sticky and and hard and, and hurts again, revisiting old hurts and those things. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes in that question, but I, uh, no, I hundred percent agree with you guys. And I know, uh, knowing you guys, I know there's, you know, coming from a similar place of, of knowing how important that work is above any of the physical things that, that you're going to be doing. Yeah. We were just had a conversation with our teacher this morning and he was like, um, you know, he's like, just, you know, he's always like, watch the mind, watch the mind, watch the mind. And he's like, look at those, like really watch the habits. He's like, you know, we could also use the word karma, like whatever it is, right? Like the results of our past actions. And he's like, and look for the big ones, look for the ones that have been reoccurring for a long time. He's like, because the little ones, those will, that'll all follow. Don't, don't worry about the little ones. He's like, look at the big ones. You know, there's probably just a couple and just keep working there. Like just keep aware, keep working there. And I think that's really like when you clean up your inner house. Um, and I think you'll agree, like, you know, I've, I've been sweeping the floors of my inner house for a long time. And I'm like, Jesus, there's still another pile of crap over yeah. here. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a lifelong journey. But I think that when you have that resolve to cleaning up your inner house and really like, uh, gosh, really finding out who you are. Um, I think that resolve is that that's why I think it's easy for me to get it like this morning, get up at four in the morning, you know, get my meditation is so I can get to the pool by six. Like that's easy. It's those moments when Beej and I fall into a very familiar cycle that we've had since we were 25 years old to say like, oh, we're in it now, you know, like, and let's just like, let's recognize this for what it is. It's just a cycle. It's just a pattern. It's a habit. Like, Mm -hmm. what do we need right now? Let's go take a walk. Let's get away from each other. I need to breathe. I need to meditate. I need to do yoga, whatever it is. And that's that. I think when you have that kind of resolve, it just, it, it just, it like, it's everywhere in your life. Like it makes mm-hmm. everything that much easier, but like you, um, you know, there's going to be no new program or no new trend or no new supplement. That's going to make the change that you really truly want until you turn your eyes inward and start really looking at, um, those things that are, that are repetitive in your life and realize that you are, uh, the master creator of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's so good. And that's, uh, you know, when you're at that place, those are the people that are scary. And I say scary in a good way of like, when you talk and I don't, I don't, I don't mean to knock on Goggins. I don't know a lot about him, but we just can't hurt me. I don't know a lot about him. I know his personal life can, is sometimes sounds like a mess and those things. And, but like, can't hurt me from a place of like, Hey, I don't, I don't need approval from anyone. I don't need to do this for any reason. If I, if I win great, I want to win. But like, if I don't, I'm not like, I don't think any less of myself and I don't care what people think of me. Like that, that's a, that's a powerful place to be that goes beyond, beyond like how much can I push myself physically and see when I see when I break, like that's, that's the place that I'll say everyone needs to get to, but you're, you're going to be a lot stronger and, and have everything when you have everything you already need. It's like, this stuff's just icing on the cake, run a hundred miles. Awesome. 
but um, <laughs> it, it it doesn't it doesn't make me feel any any uh, I don't gain worth from it. I don't gain uh, I don't lose worth if I if I don't do it. But um, there's a sense of accomplishment that comes with it. But you can really enjoy that accomplishment without having to let it be a a check mark on your identity or anything like that. Mm. And so you achieved a hundred miles, uh, another epic feat, but you didn't do it alone. You had uh, an amazing support system. Um, how is how is it seeing Lindsay um, out there at every every mile? I'm assuming you stopped every mile to, see, or maybe you kind of cruised through, but at least you got to see see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got to, got to see uh, Lindsay, and when the kids weren't sleeping or getting into. Um, not to go too far off track, Elise probably had like talk about carb loading. She probably had like the best toddler day of her life. Everyone, cause she was one of the only kids there and, and she's cute as can be. So everyone's walking up with like treats and candy and those things and or, like whatever. And so she was just like, she was in, she was in probably toddler, uh, carb heaven with, uh, with that. But I got to see them every lap. Yeah. I run by, uh, I, I made a you know, mental strategy was to actually sit down and stop every six miles so that I wouldn't have the inner dialogue of like, well, should I stop this mile? Should I, should I keep mm-hmm. going? Should, so that was knowing that it was a one mile loop. Um, we communicate up front. I'm like, Hey, I'll kind of run by, if I really need anything, I'll, I'll stop quick. But six miles is when I'm every six miles is when I'll actually like stop and sit down for a minute. Uh, so that was helpful, but yeah, she was, she was amazing. L- Lindsay was just like to the thing she did was far more challenging than talk about something you need in the podcast, far more challenging than any hundred mile race of, uh, she was pit crew for me. She was pit crew for a friend of ours in terms of like making all snacks, having all things on hand. Uh, she watched two kids, two years old and a five month old. She didn't leave it all. She stayed there from 7am on Saturday till 10am on, on Sunday. She didn't leave it all. The kids slept in the car. She fed and kept two kids alive. Like talk about superwoman right there in terms of any one of those things would have been crazy on its own. And she ran a half marathon over those 24 hours. So she off and on, she, she paced our friend Phyllis on two of the laps. She ran with me on 10 of the laps. So, um, talk about amazing was, uh, it was, it was fun to watch her. And, uh, those words carry a little more weight when hearing how proud of me that she was and, and how inspiring it was. Um, those things are just cool to hear and have her, have her there for Oh my God. That's, that's amazing. And it doesn't surprise me knowing Lindsay, she's so strong. Um, and she's, she is like an incredible cheerleader and solid, you know, she's solid. She's got that Mm -hmm. solid foundation, just like you. Um, thank you so much, Dave. This has been a great conversation. I love having you on. It's great to see you. We haven't talked Mm -hmm. or spent any time together, I think since the last time we had you on the show. So, uh, selfishly just wonderful to see you. Uh, and please give Lindsay and the kids our love and, uh, um, yeah, I'm sure this won't be the last time we see you on the show. And where can uh, where can people follow you now? Instagram is the best place. I uh, I got out of hiatus uh, leading up to the race, so Dr. Dave Pack there, D R D A V E P A C. That's the best place to find me. Message me, follow along. We uh, post a lot of fitness stuff on there, but you'll see a little of our of our family and all that too. So uh, follow along, reach out there if you guys need anything. Uh, BJ and Jess, I love what you guys are doing. We love you guys. Um, it's cool we can pick up right where we left off on something like this. We didn't need any prep time or run time up to to know what we were. Uh, what we were talking about. So uh, I always love seeing you guys and uh, honored to be on every time, but especially three times uh, means a lot. 